Welcome back to Rome Boys. On this episode, we're hanging with our fresh, new freshman Catholics. Just joined the church at Easter Vigil, so we're here at our RCI group, kind of closing out the year with them. And what are we talking about tonight? I don't know, but let's let's oh. let me hear from you people. Like, right. get loud, like do something. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> So uh, we're alive. Okay. <laughs> so people actually do watch this show, so sometimes get into it. No. Yeah, yeah, get pumped. Yeah. <laughs> do it for our moms. There you go. Because <laughs> we know they watch. So a couple of topics we're going to talk about tonight is about charisms. That will be our second topic. And the role of the laity, because you're newbie Catholics, and we're all in this. The, nine, the 99% of the church is laity. So... 1% is clergy and religious, but we're on the front lines battling for souls. The catechism says we're the church militant, the army, the ones fighting the good fight. And we definitely need priests and bishops and the Pope as our fearless leaders, but we're the ones doing it for the souls of the world. Archbishop Fulton Sheen, Venerable Fulton Sheen, he's going to be a saint here pretty soon, probably in the next few years, but let's hope and pray, um, said it's all through the laity that the church will be transformed. And we talked about in previous times in RCA, the church is in crisis. There's problems in the church, and there's definitely problems in the world. The people in this room can change all that. So we want to empower you tonight. And as we talk about the charisms, think about what are my gifts, and what can I do to personally impact the people in the workplace, my family, my parish, siblings, friends, grandma, grandpa, everybody. What can I do to impact the world? Because you don't have to be a teacher of the faith, but we need you to do something. So what are my gifts and how can I use those? You mentioned the Pope. Uh, when I was coming into the church back in 2008, uh, um, uh, Benedict was the Pope at the time, but all I ever heard about was John Paul II. And uh, the very first words of his pontificate, him becoming the Pope was, be not afraid. Be not afraid. It's so, I mean, so, uh, you know, we have our slogan, be bold, as the first line of our slogan for Rome Boys. And not everybody wants to get up here, you know. Uh, nobody wants to sit in front of a camera, really. The number one fear people have is public speaking. I say all this to say that uh, you don't have to have a, you know, a show or YouTube, get up in front of RCIA. But we talked about how you just got to say something, right? Because if you don't, the further away you get from that opportunity, the less likely you are to do something about whatever emotion was stirred in your heart. And so we all come from different backgrounds and we all have a different way that we are gonna impact the world, whether we like it or not. At work and in, a, in my job, I've always said that, uh, you know, our, our company has a culture. This RCIA program has a culture. You know, this room, this class has, it, you know, we, we developed a culture within this, one year of, of growing together. But what is that culture? Is it good or is it bad? Uh, is it fostering growth in the church or not? It's amazing the slightest thing that you do. Uh, it's like the butterfly effect. 
which is, you know, the flap of a butterfly wing can affect the other side of the world because you never know what you're going to set in motion. I want to share a story with you here in a little bit, but um, uh, maybe should I just dive into it now? Sure, go for it. It's an awesome story. Okay. Super cool. So um, today, uh, I I was busy from the beginning of the day till even now. Uh, so it's, it started early this morning. I had everything set up in 15-minute increments uh, with everything I had planned to do. Little did I know that the meeting that I was supposed to be uh, at tomorrow was actually for today. So everything I'm telling you I had scheduled should not have even happened. I missed a meeting with a doctor today, and he's not too happy about it. But God has his ways of doing things. So in this busy day... I remember actually hearing today my wheels actually squealing as I was kind of pulling into the, uh, the city uh, water department to apply for uh, water, pay the deposit, and all this stuff. I was barely going to make it before it closed at 5 o'clock. Thanks for following my story here. Uh, I'm, I'm handing over the paperwork, uh, and it's just very mundane. And there's a picture on the lady's desk uh, with a picture of a church, and it said the Texas play on it. And I thought, hey, uh, I used to live in Canyon. Is this the Texas play in Paladura Canyon? She said, no, it was my grandkid that made it. And uh, I'll try to condense the story down. There's so many things that, that God did in this moment that it's hard to skip any of it because the timing of it all and the situation was very, very inspiring. Anyways, long the, the, that point of the story is uh, she said, no, but... Um, my grandson drew that, and it, uh, it's actually, what makes me proud is it's a replica of the church we go to, St. Joseph. And I said, oh, I go to St. Joseph in Rowena. And she said, oh, great. Well, I'm not uh, cradle Catholic. I'm a convert. I said, me too. All because I pointed at this picture that her grandson had written, and there was no need for conversation at this point. It was at the end of her day. Uh, it was past 5 o'clock. They should have been closed. They actually locked the doors after I walked in. And... Uh, well, we had this conversation, and, and uh, we got to talking, and she said, oh, are, um, are you active in the church? And I was like, yeah, i got to go to RCIA after this, and we have a show called Rome Boys. You may have seen the billboards around town. And so, yes, wonderful technologist. Uh, uh, I said... Uh, <laughs> You may have seen the billboards around it town. Wasn't the script. So, <laughs> so we we talked about it a little bit. She said, "That's great. That's neat." Um, and uh, she said, "I actually have heard about those billboards." So she hadn't seen them, but people are talking about it in the city of San Angelo. I thought that was neat. As I go to leave, uh, some ten minutes after this conversation ended, this lady turned and looked at me as I'm going out the door, and she said, "I'm sorry, to, uh, sir. I was." overhearing what you said and I always wanted to meet the people that put those billboards up she said I've been in the darkest time of my life between now and the last several months this is in front of like a a city hall full of people okay Uh, she said the first time I ever saw the first billboard on North Bryant my eyes were full of tears and I'm adding nothing to this story this is how she told it I hope she pulled over yeah, uh, she said um, but that day was probably the darkest day of my life and as I came over the hill and I was crying I looked up and I saw that billboard 
And she said, never in my life have I felt so much peace. And I can't tell you how shocked I was to hear this. And she said, um, I just want you to know that I've prayed for the people that put up this billboard for the last several months. And she said, not only that, I prayed that the people that see those billboards and I said, yeah, we got another. She said, I know Ben Ficklin in 306. I haven't even seen the thing <laughs> I didn't yet. even know the address. <laughs> yeah. She did, and she said it. And she said, I know. I drive all over this town, and I see it every day. She said, every day that I've passed it, I don't pray for just you guys, but I pray for everyone who sees it, Good. who's going through anything, that has gone through anything like I. She didn't go into detail. But, um, and her eyes were just welling up with tears. And we always said that if we did one thing, this is for evangelization. And we're part of the laity. We're nobody special. We're nobody different. God chose us to do this. He doesn't call the qualified, right? He qualifies the called. And so we said yes out of randomness. And it was that moment today, just an hour and, you know, 30 minutes ago, that uh, my life was changed because of what we do. And it was all because we said yes, right? Decision, just like Mary. She simply said yes, right? Uh, so she said, um, she said, I just can't <laughs> believe that I met the, the, the person that put these billboards up. And, I, and I, my response was, I said, it took a whole community to pay for these yes. billboards because they're not cheap. <laughs> so it wasn't just us. It took everybody. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's people in this room, your dad, I mean, lots of folks who've given uh, to the cause. And that's what you guys have affected. And you just have to be an open vessel. That's the role of the laity, is to open your heart up, to be bold, don't be afraid, and just say yes to simple things, guys. Simple things. Uh, this is the stuff that when time gets tough, we want to quit. Doing this? How many times does that happen? Oh, yeah. Pray a hundred times at yeah. least. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, for sure. I called Joe before we went in, and I said, hey, we got to prepare for tonight. <laughs> this is at like this is at like 4:30, okay? I said I gotta go. I'll call you right back. Um, and then that happened. And and just you know, God creates these opportunities. So I know I spoke passionately about it, and I hope I conveyed the what seems to be providential to me. And uh, well, one of the things you mentioned when you called me, I mean, you called me like right after it happened. And one of the things you mentioned is like you know what you know we didn't the church didn't put up those billboards you know you know it was us and whoever donated to us i said wait a second that is the church you know no it wasn't the bishops no it wasn't the uh the pope it wasn't the you know the priest it was us as a church militant you know we've talked about that i'm sure you'll talk about that in this class before we're and tony mentioned it earlier you know we're here fighting the good fight and so we have to get involved in certain things. We don't all have to put up a billboard. They're, like Tony said, they're too expensive. But there are all the things that we all have gifts that we can do to bring the message, the gospel, to others, those who are in a really dark place, such as I'm a huge proponent of RCIA being taught by converts, not not cradle cats. Yes, not cradles. <laughs> these guys. You, know, you guys that have been through it, you've had the questions, they've been answered, and I just think that RCIA should be taught by those who have come into the church. So if you guys who have just come in, think about it for next year, for sure. But we are the lady. We are the ones that are going to do the footwork and uh, be 
God's soldiers here on earth. So. Okay, you got to make sure you do something tonight. Make a decision tonight before you leave this room. You're going to do something for the church. You got to pick it because we talked about before the devil is hammering at you. You're on fire. You, you became Catholic. Praise God. What are you going to do about it? You can't hesitate. Like Chris was saying, <laughs> the longer you wait, the more likely it won't happen. What are you going to do? And Don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, seriously, like, we got to let that soak in. What are you going to do? You know, we thought about something, and we, we didn't hesitate. We did it. <laughs> you just, you got you to do it. All in, jump into the, into the, the water. I'm glad that y'all are having a couple more classes after you've already come into the church. I mean, we've talked about that earlier where, I mean, in the past, as soon as y'all Easter was over, class was done, nobody, and we didn't see y'all again. You know, it was all over with. One of the things that helps us stay on fire, and I recommend that y'all find something, as Tony was saying, to keep y'all learning, keep you on fire, is small groups. Mm -hmm. This is a small men's group. You know, we get together not only just to film, but sometimes we get together and go eat some breakfast or whatever, or do just, just to be together to talk about the faith and what's going on in our lives. I mean, one of the best advice we got from our interview with Chris Stefanik was, guys, never ask this question. But <laughs> you sit there and you go, you're sitting at a table. How are you? <laughs> Such a complicated question for a guy. I don't know why that is. And not what you're doing or what you've been up to this week, but how, how are you doing in here? How are you? Yeah. How's your business going? How's your spiritual life going? You just, how are you? And most of us are like, eh, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> we don't open up real well. But my suggestion is small groups. I mean, there's a group of you. Y'all have got tables already. Y'all mm -hmm. are all sitting with each other. <laughs> Maybe call each other. Keep each other. Keep in touch with each other on how much you've learned from this class and how much you continue to go from there. Do a Bible study. Go to a daily mass during the week. Uh, go to an adoration hour. Like I said, do something. You know? And it is easier to do it in a group. You know, I would always try to pump up my students. I say I would try to get the boys, because the boys did it, and the girls would do it. <laughs> and the boys, the leaders in the class, like they started going to confession every week. And next thing you know, the rest of the guys are doing it in class. And the girls started to go. And so, you know, make it a habit and hold each other accountable and challenge each other. You know, what was it? Is it Exodus 40? Is that what it's called? Exodus Ooh, the, 90. Oh, 90. Exodus 90. Exodus 90. Yeah. Something like that, where you step it up and you. <laughs> Do a program together, and you mortify yourself, and you suffer, but you do it together in a group with other people, and they hold, hold each other accountable. It, yeah, it, you know, it's interesting because you, like I was talking about, every, every organization or every group has a culture, every family has a culture, and uh, it's, it's difficult to find yourself in places where you can be vulnerable. And so Exodus 90, as an example that he brought up, Joe and I did it uh, with just one other person. And uh, we learned things about each other. Uh, we opened up to each other. And it's, it, it really helps you know that you're not alone. And uh, so moving together as a laity is a big grandiose idea when you put it into one word. So the church militant, the laity, which is 99% of the Catholic faith. Uh, the 1% are the religious and the ordained. So uh, what we need right here in Rowena and um, St. Thomas and Miles and at St. Boniface and often, we just need people to say, I'm going to do that. And then get with other people. There are people, because we've stepped out, 
and, and Dunrome boys that have said, hey, will you guys start a Bible study? Or hey, if you guys start a men's group. Or, we are busy people too. <laughs> you know, yeah. 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 So we need everybody. Uh, we being the church, not us. But uh, so. Now, there's lots of organizations like my wife and I do the youth ministry. But really and truly, we would love to give that to somebody. But we're doing it because nobody else is doing it. So again, there's a lot of things that people would do, and we would gladly use that time for something else. We would pivot to something else to use our gifts, because as we talk about with charisms a little later, that's kind of our charisms. But if that's yours, please, you know, you know and we'll help. You know, but uh, I think a lot of people are afraid to be in charge. And we're in it as a team. We can help each other out. We don't just say, here you go, good luck. Like, we're no. here to we'll help you out. And it's tough to do, especially when you're raising a family. Mm. You know, when you have a bunch of kids and your time needs to be, you have to divide your time up between your work and your other things, you know. So adding RCIA or CCD classes or things like that is kind of tough. But, as, you know, Chris was mentioning about the family being uh well, I'm reminded of a story that I heard. You know, it's a domestic church. But I'm reminded of the story of, uh, it was about Billy Graham. He received a letter from this lady. And he, she said, oh, I'm just excited about my faith. I'm fired up and I just want to do more. But I have, I think the letter, I think, I'm, like I said, I'm going to butcher this up. She had like nine kids. She <laughs> goes, I can't, I can't do anything. I would love to go be a missionary. I want to do these things that you've got me on fire to do. And he actually wrote her a letter back, and she goes, God bless you. Thank you for your excitement and wanting to be on fire and wanting to share the gospel with the world. And isn't it wonderful that God had blessed you with a congregation? There it is. Mm -hmm. Your own congregation, <laughs> you know, just with the family that you have. So, you know, we, yes, help the church. Let's get out there, but we can't forget about our home church. And we're 99%. That's a big deal. But you're one soldier that we need so much in the battle. And so just start with baby steps. Like, here I am. <laughs> Here's my seven days of the week. How can I give an hour or two uh, once a week or twice a week to a certain cause? You know, and take it one step at a time. You don't have to do the whole journey and plan it all out. You know, one step at a time. As I leave here, I'm going to sign up for an hour of adoration. That's my spiritual side. And then I'm going to go mentor and reach out to this one person that I think they're interested in maybe learning about the Catholic faith. And I'm going to walk with them and talk with them and invite them out to dinner. And there you go. That's something. That's a step in the right direction. You're feeding yourself and hopefully leading others to our beautiful church. It's, yeah. Uh, you know about, you've probably heard the phrase in the business world or in the matters of success, it's not what you know, it's who you know. <laughs> so it's also interesting that God's grace and uh, mercy and Holy Spirit works through people, right? So, uh it's, it's those hands that you shake that you're going to impact. And so I'm, I'm pivoting, obviously, from the concept of being successful in business to uh, just interacting with God's people. So the more God called busy people from the shore, right, in Galilee. He called the fishermen. He called Peter and Andrew, and they were busy, and they didn't even want to hear what he had to say. And they, he told them to get out and throw your nets again, and they'd been working all day, and they even refused to do it. And then he finally, reluctantly, they did what he asked. And so <clears throat> uh, when you are active in your life, you go to your job, you, you have people that you influence every single day, uh, good, bad, or indifferent. 
we make an impact on everybody around us. And I, I just want to continue to drive that into your heart, you know, like a steak in a vampire is what just came to my mind, which is crazy. Um, but, Squirrel. Uh, yeah. I would say it something very simple with joy. Smile constantly. You know, what is it? Teresa of Avila says, Lord, save us from sourpuss Catholics. You know, <laughs> Catholics that are just grouchy and like, eh. Like, that doesn't engage people the way we all know them. Catholics. Yeah. We all know I'm them. picturing one. <laughs> no, but uh, be happy. Be joyful. You know, I taught some of my students three years. They come up to me and say, Mr. Fasto, the one thing I remember is your joy. People That's awesome. Like, yeah. what can I say? That's like, praise the Lord. Jesus is inside of me. They saw that. Work here is done. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Yeah, but people don't remember what you say, but how you say it. And so as we go, we've gone through the entire uh, RCIA season, uh, what, nine months? Uh, <clears throat> the joke is you could have a baby in that time, and some of you did, which is funny. Uh, <laughs> So, and it's funny because one of the quotes is, you're called to impregnate the culture with the moral life. <laughs> Nine months impregnate. Yeah. Uh, so I'm totally off, not a off my, uh, my topic now. Yeah. So, Pregnancy doesn't. Yeah, pregnancy brain, yeah. Uh, just blew your mind. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. Okay. So if anybody can remind me of what I was going to say, that'd be awesome. Well, <laughs> I don't know what you were going to say. But I would say, you know, you can get stressed out about this stuff. You know, you think about, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, but my busy schedule, how can I do that? You know, just take a deep breath. You know, we're not asking you to do more than what God's asking you to do. Mm. Um, but also, And ask God. And ask God what, <laughs> you want, what He wants you to do. But, you know, I think just a small step in the right direction would be making God first in what you're already doing. Mm. You know, do, are you doing your job just to get ahead in life, or are you doing it for your family, which is doing it for God? You know, mm -hmm. you're doing it for His church. So, you know, where are your, where are your priorities and where mm -hmm. is that list? Mm -hmm. And where is God in that list? He should be in every one of them right. that you're already doing. Mm -hmm. Make That's, Him first in what you're already doing. Like it says uh, in Catechism 901, the laity consecrate the world itself to God. The lay believers are on the front lines. I'm trying to shove in my, these awesome quotes here. <laughs> and the true apostle is on the lookout for occasions of announcing Christ's word, either to unbelievers or the faithful. So they're always watching. You know, who can I help lead into the church? You know, Steve Ray, we talked to him mm. a couple of times. And he, his, him and Janet would go, and they would go even to the grocery store. They're always on the lookout for potential disciples. Yeah, they would actually pray for it. Like, yeah, yeah. Please, who, who am I supposed who, to be led to? Supposed to? Yeah, bring yeah. me somebody today. Bring so me they somebody. hold the door open yeah. and be joyful about that and say, hey, good morning, how are you today? Just be, again, that joy could lead to a conversation, like Chris was saying earlier, and you'd never know what, you, what can be brought up in that conversation. Yeah, he always walk, walks around with this huge crucifix That'll do it. his neck <laughs> just to try to draw up a conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it works a it lot does. of times. It does. It's sure just like the picture, you know, on the desk of the person that I met today. I never mm -hmm. would have known that. Uh, well, you even just think to ask that question. Yeah. I mean, most of the time, I'm guilty of this. I'd be sitting there. Okay, I need to go, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to ask any questions because that yeah. would just take longer. But so, God bless you for doing that. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, it really is honestly simple. Uh, just picking a night. One of the great uh, examples of having the church laity come together to continue to grow the church is being an RCIA uh, teacher and joining that group of great people that 
you know, take time out to prepare to come and talk to you guys. That's how you know what you know and you've learned what you've learned. And it's because those people made those sacrifices. And I know every single evening you guys always said thank you for your time because you saw uh, that they made that sacrifice. And interesting, God is love and love is simply summed up in one word, sacrifice. And so if it, if it means that you'll be out of your comfort zone as the laity to do something, to take action, you know, I will say, you know, yes, cleaning the floors and cooking and, and, and keeping the infrastructure of the church going is good. It's great. I'm, I've actually, I was drawn into this community because of it originally. And these parishes are great at it. They're Ooh. very, yes, very good. Um, so being outside that comfort zone is where God calls us to be, though. Uh, but when, Christ calls us out two by two. So that's helpful, too. That yeah. We're in our comfort zone, but there's somebody right by our side. Yeah, yeah. To fall back constantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're always good at dragging our friends into things. <laughs> <laughs> or in my case, my wife drags me into things. <laughs> so, <clears throat> what, what we've done uh, with our show is uh, we say the teacher or the theologian, uh, the farmer, and the entrepreneur. And what's, what we found that to be uh, unique is there's nothing unique about it. <laughs> we're just normal people. That's deep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. uh, Thanks, Chris. <laughs> well, everybody tries to be so different, right? And when they want to, uh, they want to catch people's attention. And what, what, what really needs to, uh, to, to be known is that this is who we are as a people. And we have a natural desire in our heart for God. So it's tugging on all of us. Whether we want to hide it and clothe it and cloak it and cover it up, um, it's like that little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. So much, we're fighting the fact that it's inside of us and we need to let it out. So it's, it's actually not a difficult thing. It's actually just opening up and saying yes. And so rewarding. I mean, just the story that you told, I mean, that... I was telling Chris after he got through telling me the story, I was like, you know, that if we did this, if just yeah. help one person. Because you wonder, you do it, and you're like, did this help anybody? Right. Yeah. So we, from the very beginning, is if this helps one person doing this this show, then it was worth it. Mm -hmm. You know, and now to hear this billboard has helped just one person, right. then it was worth it. And, yeah. you know, talking about the flap of the butterfly wings, Tony, when he was teaching how many years ago, the first billboard that you guys put up, mm -hmm. um, how many years ago would you yeah. say that was? 15, 20 years, 15, 15. years ago. Uh, so Tony had this idea uh, way back then. And so he carried that with him all the way through till now. And the first billboard, 4 million unique views. So 4 million people will see that first billboard in one year in a 12-month period. Think about that. And simply they'll read the words, Jesus, I trust in you, and see the divine mercy image, which is what... Uh, Faustina Kowalska saw uh, and, and had it repainted over and over and over again to make sure it was exactly perfect. Mm -hmm. and, and the second one went up during Divine Mercy Weekend. I mean, like, these are all things out of our hands. Jesus wants it done. He's going to get done. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be up till this week, right? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. next week. Next week. Next week. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you have one person today that says, I pray for everybody who sees it. <laughs> now we do, and we've got a group of prayer warriors who do. Uh, and, of course, our family and our friends and those who are close to us. But now we've multiplied that. Not us. God has multiplied that. You know, how she's now, and doesn't even realize it, praying for more than 4 million people, right? <laughs> that one person. How awesome is that? Mm -hmm. You never know what's going to explode from your 
very small efforts. And what's cool with the laity is this second billboard was not our idea. <laughs> Someone approached us. Yeah. They said they wanted one on their side of town. They asked people to donate. Billboard's up. So We didn't do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's all about God and what he wants to do. So cool. Um, I'm, I'm going to turn it on you guys uh, for a second. Is there something that you guys hope to see or would you, you would like to see in our church or in your church? If it's in miles or often, or, or what's knowing. what's missing that you feel are the church needs for youth, for young adults, for families. Now you're saying inside the church or the parish? Both, anything. How? Well, what was, because you know when we think in the church, we're thinking inside that building. Yeah, right? yeah. Even though we are the church, what do we need in our parishes? To make our church better. Yeah. Right. Lots of times in our community, in our parish community, and yeah. They'll they'll ask, hey, who wants to lecture? You know, who wants to join the choir? Those are good. But what about new things to to make this place catch on fire? Any ideas that you want to do? We're not going to make you sign the line and make you do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the father is just. He says yes to everything. You know, well, <laughs> if you want to do it? He'll support you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he will support you in any idea that you have that you want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's not going to do it for you. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he will back you up 100% if you have an idea to help bring this parish alive. So, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you No, 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 no. So, any ideas? I went through CCD here in Rowena, so I went through the whole process. And after doing this, I always thought, like, learning it when you're young, cradle Catholic, you kind of just learn everything, but you really, truly don't understand it. And I always thought it would be kind of nice if almost like you repeated RCIA your junior and senior year yes. to where when your brain can understand everything and I mean all the way from the beginning like learning confession I really I understood it but I didn't truly understand it and then going through this I was like mind blown okay yeah so it's almost like a yeah. Well, if you think about it, in all of our occupations, we all have these CEUs, right? You know, <laughs> continuing education units to make sure we're up on all the newest and latest things. We don't do that in our faith. In yeah. our faith, in our church. You know, like you said, CCD just kind of left you hanging. You know, so you know we have invited, or Deacon Al has been doing a great job of trying to invite the parish to come to RCIA as a kind of a refresher and CEU type thing but yeah I agree with you we need something to do more it, it may be just advantageous if we were to somehow link the two and in a, in a maybe market it a little better <laughs> to the church where it's hey this is uh, getting to know the faith and just leave it at that and it follows the RCIA program um, one of the things that I had the great benefit of experiencing as a convert is uh, I was in College Station, which is on fire with the faith. More priests come out of that town than any other city in the United States. And it's still doing that today. It's pumping out great Catholic kids. You know, you talk about junior and senior year uh, revisiting the basics of the faith. Uh, for a lot of them, they're making the choice to go back to the church. But in each church that was alive with the young adults, they had something called YAMS, Young Adult Ministry Services. Uh, and so I've always thought, like, wow, why don't we have yam here? You know, young adult ministry. I don't like yams. Where <laughs> most people don't like yams. Uh, 
but where where we could come together and we actually rotated who led the evening and who hosted and uh, we could you know uh, potluck it and all of that but it was consistent because not one person was in charge of it and everyone was excited to leave their kids at home for a minute or have have a little babysitting I'm kidding uh, I'm totally kidding uh, yeah uh, or have a baby, you know, rotate who babysits in the next room. And, and we have facilities for that. So it just takes the people who are wanting, wanting it to speak up. And if enough people do, then it will come together. Well, you know, all the kids are over there at CCD right now. Why can't we have something? Yeah. Oh, we are having something here right now mm. for the adults. Well, not the, why don't the parents? Why, how can we get the parents over here to do something to re-educate or learn a little bit more. We're asking you. <laughs> we don't have the answer. Um. The question is, would people come? And I think as it started, and people, they realized that it was actually interesting and enjoyable, and that we're not just Bible thumpers. And, uh, I think uh, it depends on how big the cooter is. <laughs> yeah. It helps. Um, so, anyways, uh, th there are other Bible studies and things that do have a great turnout. I know you guys mentioned that uh, some of the adults are have... They meet for a six-week period or so, and there's 50 people there. So opportunities do exist. So the role of the laity is not just like we, we've made it very, I would say, um, very arm's length, very right here, uh, normal. Here's what you can do on a daily basis. Uh, but the church exists in its, in its form as we know it because of the entire body of Christ. And, and the body, you, you probably can recall where two or more are gathered in my name. I'm in their midst. Um, we didn't start this evening with prayer. I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we all come to the body of the church with our gifts. And we talked about, uh, Tony mentioned the word charisms. And it's difficult to know what your gifts are. It really is. There's exercises that are like notebooks mm -hmm. full of just discerning what your gift is. Because so many people are confused about it. But you know, it's funny. Other people could tell you exactly what you're good at. Yep. Uh, you know, you're just, you're administrative. That's just what you do. You're good at it. You're organized. Uh, <laughs> or, um, you know, uh, I don't know, good with service. Service. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it is. You see that in them. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, so we all have a vocation within our faith as well as our occupation. Those two things are different. Uh, sometimes they align, but uh, sometimes they're just simply different. Uh, our first guest was uh, Deacon Allen. And one of the things that we, we talked about... <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the things that uh, I think is, is great about Deacon Allen becoming a, a deacon is... People knew him in the community. And we all know, you know, we can't be a prophet in our own land, but yet he made the decision to say yes and took a big leap of faith in Mary Lee along with him and, and Deacon David too and, and Brenda. So um, <clears throat> you can choose to make those decisions. Uh, but what I would put on all of you now is you see these people in our church, Deacon Allen, Deacon David, Father Ariel, uh, Deacon Frankie, how can you be a deacon without being a deacon? So in your family, in your home, uh, in the church, to put on that priesthood that we're all called to, 
uh, how can you do that? You've got to answer that for yourself. But let me tell you, as we join together, I'm a better husband and a better father. I say less cuss words. I, uh, I speed less on the road. I do all the little things better because of accountability, because I know I represent more than just myself. It is, it, and it, I didn't realize that that was going to happen. And that's what God does. He puts you in situations where you don't realize what He's doing behind the scenes. So when you put yourself out there, the number one pe- reason that people don't set goals. So I say this to say, like, well, I'm not going to do that because I'm, you know, I, I'm going to fail. I don't want to be a hypocrite. You've got to get rid of that. That's the devil talking in your ear. So um, people know my past, right? But if you listen to the lives of the saints, listen to Father Donald Calloway's story, you'll never worry about what you've done in the past. It's called the past for a reason because it is past. And you can take on the body, you know, and the armor and the sword and the glory of God and all its perfection in who you are as a husband, as a wife today, like Tony said. Uh, And that's really, I think, when you get to step into your role in your vocation, uh, when you really realize that I am worthy of being a deacon and I don't have to be of, you know, a religious uh, disposition or order or in ordination to actually put that on. You don't have to put on the alb, the stole, the, you know, all of the vestments. You can and you can be uh, an altar server. <laughs> uh, so I just want to encourage you because that's who we're called to be. And I get a reminder, what, what can I do when, when I leave here? I want to keep hitting that. So, charisms. A charism is a supernatural gift that God has just given you through baptism, through confirmation. You have it. It's there. It's a special gift. Everybody in this room has a few of them. You can't get them all. Too bad, sorry. And some of them, yes, exactly. <laughs> and they're gifts to give glory to God. So, as I'm saying these... If this is your gift, you're like, I think uh, that might be one of my gifts. Acknowledge it and say, praise the Lord. If it's a gift of someone else in this room, especially those of you at the table, I want you to point at that person and say, that's yours. God gave it to you, and now you're supposed to do something about it. So, anyways, here we go. Got a Prophecy. That would be my wife. She can see things sometimes, and God will tell her before it happens. It's pretty sweet. Very rare. You know, you hear about it in the Bible all the time. Do you know anybody that can kind of see something before it happens? It doesn't happen all the time. It's happened a few times. Prophecy. It might sound mystical, but you've all probably experienced deja vu, right? Well, didn't you just say that? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Healing. Not necessarily miracles, but spiritual, physical, through counseling, through mental healing, whatever those kinds of things, who's the person we would go to for advice, for a pick-me-up, to help me to have a better day when things are going not so good? So healing is not necessarily just physical, right. but also spiritual. Because that doesn't happen too often. Or emotional. But it can happen, that's for sure. There's priests that can heal people, and they've healed hundreds of people through their ministry. Pretty crazy stuff. Mercy, the person that extends mercy and gives you second chances and gives I haven't seen very much pointing by the way <laughs> going being forgiving and going the other way to don't worry about it and they're relaxed about it not to the point to say like 
No, yeah, you did something wrong. Yes, I get it. But at the same time, I forgive you because I have messed up too. You know, I don't have this all figured out. Teaching, almsgiving, people that give like, you know, they give the shirt off their back <laughs> if you ask for it. And you may be thinking of somebody as we go through these too. Perseverance, they will make it through to the end. Our, our father-in-law will persevere to the end. He will not stop unless death brings it. He will, it will happen. Yeah, it will happen. Joy. Anybody? Joy? Pointing away? That's lots Encouragement. Of Those peppy people. We need them at the front of the door of church and happy. Hospitality. Leadership. Wisdom. Knowledge. Discernment. Faith. I already said healing, right? See, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's a double yeah. one there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Evangelism. And you forgot miracles. Giving. Service. Missionary. Volunteer poverty. Celibacy. And miracles. Now, that, those, I just want to get them all out there, okay? Mm-hmm. And really, we need a whole class to talk about them all. But uh, So volunteer poverty, like basically St. Francis, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm giving it, giving it all away. Even the clothes on my back, here you go. And give it all away. These are the people that usually join religious orders, Franciscans and that kind of thing. Um, but it ties together, though, to that stewardship one, the one that's willing to give away, you know, at least 10%, if not 20%. Those people I know, at least I've read about, that will keep 10% and, and give away 90%. Now, I don't know about your pocketbook, but you, know, you have to get to a point sometime in your life to be able to, to do that. But at the same time, they're, they're givers. If you ask, they will give it to you. And I can go out of their way to do that. So those, those, those are a lot. Yeah. But wisdom and knowledge, totally different things, right? Knowledge is that the smarts. Wisdom is the God smarts. The ones where they can see something spiritual and offer advice, but it's necessarily not something that St. Thomas Aquinas said. It's not something you'd find in a book, but it's something that can be passed on to other people. What do we say about wisdom? Wisdom comes from experience. Mm-hmm. Experience comes from bad decisions. <laughs> you got some wisdom? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> the Bible never says that intelligence comes from academia. It's always mm-hmm. from experience. Mm-hmm. That is the definition of wisdom according to Scripture. So... So like two to five of the ones of the charism list you have, you have those gifts. And they may not even be on here, but these are the ones that Scripture quotes in Acts of the Apostles. When people got confirmed, the charisms come out. So it's still early, but have you noticed some of these? Before you became Catholic, as now you're Catholic, and now be watching, what are my gifts? Because uh, our mother-in-law is a a very holy lady, but she is not the charism of teaching. And she's scared to death of teaching, and she doesn't want to teach, and people keep asking her to teach. (laughs) She shouldn't be there. But if you say, clean up the throw-up in the bathroom, she's the first hand up, she'll do it, because she's service. And it's not a problem for her to do that. And I notice that too, because I'm service as well. I'll be doing the dishes. I just, I gotta, I gotta do that because I don't want somebody else to have to do the dishes. You know, it's just the service in me because it's the gift that God gave me that I'm supposed to use to give Him glory. So bring on the dishes. I'll clean the toilets, no problem. Other people are like, no way. That's fine. (laughs) So what is your charism? What is your gift? And then the people around you, what is theirs? And then as you're gonna leave this place and find something you wanna do for our church, Use your charisms. Don't sign up for something that you're like, it's the opposite of what you have as the gift. Uh, 
Yeah, go. Well, no, I got so that. was a short version. That was a short version. Oh my goodness! It, it, it's true though when you know it, like when you know somebody has uh, the gift. Like if there's certain people that you love to hear their homily, like ah, oh, I'm so glad you know Deacon Allen's getting up there, Deacon David, because there's just some sometimes you they just bring it. And you're like, God, it's so good. You just know it, right? You know it before they even say the first word. On the opposite, if the priest or deacon doesn't have that charism, it's not their fault. <laughs> you know, yeah. God has given us our certain gifts. Like Father Ariel loves youth, and he loves mm. to be around kids. You know, so let's get him involved in activities around with kids. You know, he's got to still preach and do the sacraments. We get it, but let's not just say, Hey, Father Ariel, you know, like you're not good at this. Well, that's not his fault. He's got his two to five. Spiritual gifts, and so do you. Yeah. So it's, it's funny because there's, you know, Father Ariel loves kids. He wants to hear the crying babies in church. You know, the old adage, uh, you know, if it ain't, if your church ain't crying, it's dying. Mm -hmm. But the, we were in <clears throat> Louisville visiting Father Mitch over Easter Thursday and Friday, and at a Lebanese church. And that Lebanese priest, he would ex escort. It was not his gift, right? It was <laughs> not his gift. He was escorting the families who had babies to the cry room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you go in here. He's like, whoo, okay. Everybody knew that. Yeah. He was, he was an experience. Yeah. Those Lebanese guys, they get a little fired up. Yes, they do. But uh, so what are you going to do about it? I think that's the takeaway from tonight is You're always good with the title you know let's sum up there that's yeah, good, there that's go. good. <laughs> what are you going to do about it really i mean what i know you all have had some ideas popping in your head of things that you could possibly do or want to do but maybe if there's something that you just don't think is a good idea the worst idea is the one that's not ever told mm. or the one that's never voiced I mean, we'll, we'll tell you it's a bad idea. More than likely not. <laughs> Come on, do it. We're ready for you. We're One, ready or for or tell us things. the idea, and then all of us in this room can say, okay, who would be good at being involved with that? Yeah. Not in charge. but like, oh, I was great at coming up with ideas, but she doesn't want to do them. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get it started. <laughs> Picking on her now that she left. Now she's gone, yeah. <laughs> Let's, I would have told her if she would have been sitting in here, I promise. <laughs> But I mean it. I mean, she's she has great ideas, but doesn't really have the time to actually put into it because she puts everything into it. Mm -hmm. When it's she decides in. to do something, it's all in, hundred percent, or she don't want to do it. And so perseverance. There you That's go. Lacy. She yeah. is very persevering. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we should, as Catholics, be what. Uh, well, I'm just going to say it's Tony Robbins, but don't, don't beat me up for quoting Tony Robbins. Uh, but he says, so we're baptized, right? And so we're, we're baptized Catholics, we're in the world, and, and we're to be sent out. That's what the Mass means, to go forth. So we are the direct reflection of the expectation of our, peer, of our peers. So we are what... Okay, we are the direct reflection of the expectation of our peers. For instance, my kids expect me to show up every day to work. My kids expect me to put food on the table, and I reflect that. If we're around people who are building us up and who expect great things out of us, then we will reflect that. That's who we will be. So you're, you've probably heard we're, we're the average of the five people that we hang around. Uh, my goal is to be the poorest one of the group and let them bring me up. 
spiritually. <laughs> like all of us, we married financially. up. Financially, so. <laughs> yeah, we married up. <laughs> uh, and so, but we're we're the we act like the five people we hang around with the most is why we're childish. Yeah, it's why we we act like kids too. We have a bunch of them. That's, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, I say that to encourage you to say that you're built for greatness. That's it. Well, the opposite is and also true. What you just said. You're not built for greatness. No. <laughs> the, part about, the part about building up, being around people who build you up, sure. also is the yeah. negative side of thing. Are you sure. hanging around people who bring you down? Yes. Yeah. Uh, be mindful of who you're hanging around with. I mm -hmm. see you chuckling at these. Exactly what I would have done. So, you know, I, I give you that 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 quote because I want you to know you're you're called to be priest, prophet, and king. And so, if you are the direct rec, uh, reflection of what God expects out of you, then great. That's what you should be. That's what we're all striving to be. Uh, <clears throat> So as laity, we're called to be saints. We're called to go to heaven. And how can we find people in our life to help us to get there? How can we raise up little saints so that they can transform this world and change the world? But that's our goal. Chris talked about goals. We can't aim for sliding into purgatory and barely making it. We have to aim for heaven in all of our words and our actions and our daily thoughts. So when you wake up, or when you leave this place, I remind you again. But when you wake up tomorrow morning, God willing, I'm supposed to be a saint. I'm going to mess up, Lord. Please forgive me. Help me to stay on that narrow path to get there by your grace. What can I do today to lead others to become saints and myself? Amen. Isn't that the greatest prayer? You don't have to pray the whole rosary. You don't have to go to Mass every day to do that. That's from the heart. And that's the, that's the goal of the laity, to, to share our heart with others and lead them to the sacred heart. Lead them to Christ, His heart. And the more souls you lead to Christ's heart, the more likely we're going to be up in heaven with Him someday. Hey, hey Padre. Father. Father. Padre. Just say yes, everything you said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I want to read to you real quick uh, from 908 of the Catechism uh, through 913. Maybe sum it up. Sure. The, la the laity participate in the kingly function of Christ, putting on that, you know, putting on Christ, right? Like we talked about. The laity participate in the kingly function of Christ because they have received from Him the power to overcome sin in themselves and in the world by self-denial and the holiness of their lives. They exercise various ministries at the service of the community and they imbue temporal activities and the institutions of society with moral values. So even in our daily lives, we, we carry a moral compass. We do the right thing, and we influence the world. Uh, and we've, what I love about what this is, says now that we've just gone through Easter is that you guys have been bestowed upon, the sacraments have been bestowed upon you. The laying on of the priest's hands uh, and the, the oil, the water and baptism, all of these things, you can't just neglect the fact that you just received the most powerful gifts that the world has to offer. And more that's given is more is expected. So, yeah. Yeah. So you've been given a great gift and a treasure. You know, millions of dollars doesn't mean nothing. <laughs> hmm. this, is, this is everything. 
I mean, what a great blessing to be alive. To, Christ has done so much for us, and then now I'm Catholic. There's nothing better. <laughs> the next step is heaven, <laughs> and God willing, we'll be there. And, and it's awesome because you've now you've got this deposit of faith, and uh, the greatest part is there are people that desperately need it, and you have it. And so, for such a time as this, for such a time as this, it's so true. what are you gonna do? About it? <laughs> Subscribe and like to our channel. <laughs> Check us out, roamboys.org, and our YouTube channel. And what are all of well, our Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Parlor, Mebe, and Gab. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> In the meantime, be bold, be real, be Catholic. God, God bless. bless. So he said, uh, well, first thing he said, be a leader, right? If you see something that needs to be done, do it. Get you a tribe together. You know, because if, if you've seen it and you want it done, chances are there's somebody else. Work on that, getting it done, do it, ask for help. We also all know someone who's maybe a little curious about the Catholic faith, someone who's interested or someone just who don't understand, but they're great Christians, and you think this might help. Invite them. Invite them to come to, and, and check out RCIA. And you know, sitting back there, I was thinking, what's the best place to do that next week? When it's casual, when we're sitting out on the, the lawn, Invite them to come. Say, hey, this is our last class. We're going to have a, you know, we'll have people answer questions. Very, you know, nobody will even notice you're there. <laughs> you know, just come and, and, and listen. So if you know such a person, invite them. And even if you know such a person, and maybe you don't have to tell them the whole truth, just say, hey, come on, I, I need you to come with me. You know what I'm saying? But it's, we need to, we need to get out of that deal to invite people. That's one of the things as Catholics we don't do real great. Hospitality. Yeah, is is that hospitality? And next week will be be a great, great deal. Use your gifts. As another thing, he stay said, you know, you can do everything a deacon can do, with the exception. The only thing I could think of, and the other deacon can deal, is witness a marriage. And preach at home. And, and preach a homily. You can give a reflection. Well, we can definitely preach. You can, yeah, you can preach and you way. can do a reflection. But they can, anything else that they can't do that we can do beside witness of marriage? That's all I can think of. Yeah. So everything else, it's open. You know, and, and, and I know a man who started with our as first class, our first, our first come and see we did. And he said, well, I'm doing most of this already. Hmm. You know, and he's still doing most of it, you know. Cause, and he was from our cluster. And, and he, you know, he's doing it. So y'all can do it. Y'all can be the, the new deacons of, of the church by just being leaders, by getting involved, showing up, doing what you can do. Uh, you know, I, I think it's it's one of the things that also, you know, that how blessed our communities are. You know, we're so blessed to have three men who step out, step out of their comfort zone and do what they do. But we're also blessed to have this group that stepped out of their comfort yes. zone mm -hmm. 
and, and, and did what y'all had to do the last nine months. So, you know, blessings are abound, abundance, mm. especially in this room. So, always, always remember that the doors open and invite people and show them what it's about. Okay. Any other questions for them? Joe can edit it in. <laughs> or out, depending on what you say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I do have a question that I saw happen on Good Friday. And I, mean, I meant to ask this last week. I went up to communion and I saw the Eucharist drop <clears throat> on the floor. And this lady picked it up. And consumed it and said, and consumed, and consumed it. it. Okay, good. That's good. And it was right, like, before I went, so I, I could see the eyes of the father, like, look, like, look over. I've never seen that happen before. Are you supposed to do that? If you drop it, are you supposed to pick it up and consume it? Are you supposed to, what are you, what is What's the protocol? What is, yes. Yeah. It's different in every place, so. Yeah. Um, but normally, the deacon or the priest would pick it up and, and hold it and either dispose of it properly or consume it. She beat us, beat us to that punch. She went up without. I've seen that too, that she did it. And she, you know, now one of the most the laity picked it up. Yes, the person receiving the communion. She dropped it out of her hand. Okay, and she did. Deacon, any additions? No, I've seen it happen too, and it, and that's perfectly fine. Someone needs to get it off the floor, and as you say that. You can either dispose of it in another way or consume it. I usually just pick it up and consume it. Right. Is it okay for them to do it though? Yes. Okay. Well, we should hesitate and let the extraordinary minister, the deacon, the priest, they should, whatever they say, go ahead. Or, okay, I'm going to go get it. But that, we should wait until they tell us what to do. Well, it should well, always be the. Yeah, that's it. It's circumstantial. Look at you. Like, it okay. clearly <laughs> upset her too. That she did. Yeah, I, you okay. could see it. That yeah, she was probably and really she got nervous. really nervous too. Now, one of the things, and and I didn't do it at that time, but I've seen it done. Is everything stopped? Yeah. Everything stopped, and a corporal was gotten and put over the spot. Mm -hmm. And then after it, it was it was uh, cleaned right. And and I and I blame myself for not doing that right away because the first time I seen it done which was just this year it blew me away because a priest did it he was he was the only one giving out communion but it dropped he stopped went and got a carpal put it on and then uh, and left it right we went through mass then he came back and he actually poured water to soak up any little particles. any par particle that could have been there. And I mean, it, and, the, and the reverence he did it in was unreal. Hmm. I mean, it, it blew me away. So, so if that were to happen to you, like, say that kind of, like if that were to happen to me, you wait until, see what you were to do, and then do you stand, do you wait and you take it again or receive another one? You could receive another one. Yeah, if so, if the deacon or the priest or the Eucharist, extraordinary Eucharist minister picks it up, they would give you another one. Uh, the default is that the priest would dispose of it properly, whichever 
form they would desire. So if they put it, dissolve it in holy water, mm-hmm. um, and then dispose of it down the uh, aquarium. the sacrifice. Yes, yeah, aquarium. It happened to me as a Eucharistic minister one time with the blood when we were Ooh, still receiving now the blood. Now there's no protocols of that. <laughs> yeah, there was. I mean, it was too full or whatever, and she grabbed it. And it just spilled, and uh, they were on the floor. So yeah, I just took the purifier. purifier and laid it on top of it and waited till it was over and told whoever the deacon was at the time. I don't remember who it was. And they went through what they were supposed to to clean it up. So, yeah. But it stayed there the rest for yeah. the rest every, of the Mass. Every and, and I have, I've had uh, tell me after Mass, mm-hmm. oh, I, I, we still some here. And then we mm-hmm. went there too. And if you ever notice somebody takes the Eucharist and doesn't receive, receive like literally takes Jesus and walks and walks, we don't know where Jesus is going. And there's been some crazy stories. So make sure that person does consume the Eucharist. And if they're not Catholic, may I have the Eucharist back, please? And you consume. You know? So, but, yeah. The bishop, it happens. Bishop says, uh, there's a, a great, great story. story. Watch our and episode on that. who took the Eucharist back to the pew. Had did, a did it multiple times. Brought it home. Yeah, I had a collection of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't tell the rest of it. Watch, yeah, watch, watch the episode. episode. Watch awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so good. With uh, Bishop Sis. It's great. Love you. Good question, though. Good question. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you see, there's all sorts of things. And, and, and if you ever have you ever been to the cathedral and, and, and see those two guys standing there, you know, at, at the at the front, when, yeah, sure, yeah. Jesus, they're not only counting, but they're also watching mm-hmm. that they're consuming the Eucharist before you go back. That's typical in most big cities. Oh. Is that why at some places the altar service have that little? Yes. Well, I'm, just so if it does, yeah, any crumbs drop or yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know why we don't do that anymore. I, mean, I remember doing it as an altar boy, having to sit there and hold it. Never actually caught one. It but would I be mean, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it it's it's because so somebody's watching because it's hard for us to watch when we give communion to make sure that they're uh, consuming. You know, you kind of try to do it out of the corner of your eye, but you also want to focus on the person. That's the that's the drawback of receiving in the hand. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so they can just take. They, like I said, they're more than just counting people. There, they're watching. Well, officers. witness the woman take it, not consume it, go over to the wine and dip it herself, and mm. it's like, no, we're not supposed to do that either. Yeah. <clears throat> Any other what else? That was good. So it's an interesting opportunity to bring your family into the church beyond your immediate family. And so you're already, even as you come into the church, you're taking a bold stance and inviting people to come in. And uh, So sometimes there's really good conversations that come out of it. And sometimes not. And, and, you know, a lot of people give up, you know, uh, alcohol. And then Easter comes along and you come into the church and it's past sunset on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So they might uh, crack a beer or have some wine with their family on this special occasion. And it's interesting because uh, that can often create dialogue. <laughs> and so people get, you know, their, their courage juice in them and, uh, and start asking questions. And one of them is, well, why can't I consume it? Mm. You know, it's, why can't I go to communion? Yeah. yeah, like you guys don't allow Catholics to consume it. Uh, so that generally is one of the, the questions. Well, that was one that was brought up when I came in. So. <laughs> and the nurse I'm following, she's like, oh, so you're a Catholic? And I said, yes. And she said, I just don't understand Catholics. It's just like, Shh. I don't understand the sitting, the standing, the sitting, the standing. And I was standing there, and I was like, this is kind of like my moment. This yeah. is my moment. It's 455. I kind of iced the beard 
Yeah. But I just, I was like, okay, I don't want to like overly preach because I'm the new, it was only my second day on the job, y'all. Sure. But I said, you know, when you truly understand the reason why behind why we stand and why we do the things we do, I said, it's the most beautiful thing mm -hmm. out there. Great and she was kind of like, looked at me. That, is that what, that's what I said, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, would encourage I, you. I, I expect to see her Wednesday, is all uh, I can say. That's a great thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that's, that's all I can I was like, that's awesome. I was like, oh, I'm so, you know, yeah. I'm like pumped. I plan on like, Getting a grocery to bring with like my hospice patients, yeah. and I'm like playing with these. Like I'm mm. so excited to like do this whole. I'm going literally from beginning of life to like. <laughs> I feel like God has called me to do awesome. this other thing. But like literally, she mentioned this comment. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> don't freeze up! Don't freeze up! Smart! Smart! That's all I said, and then we all got up and. Simple as that. Yeah, it's so good. I would, I would recommend later on, you know, if the opportunity presents itself again, you know, offer a book or something. It's like, hey, you mentioned you don't get it. Well, here's a book that kind of explains a little bit about it or something like that, you know. Yeah, water at There you go. That was my next suggestion. There you go. That was my next suggestion. Where are they located? Yeah. Yeah. My thought always in response is when somebody says exactly what you, you know they asked you, like I don't understand or something seems odd or why can't I do any question really where they feel like it's they don't get it is feel felt found. You may, may remember me saying that. I know how you feel. I felt the same way. This is what I found out. When you really know what it is, it just it's the most beautiful faith. Uh, so if you can remember that, uh, feel felt found. It'll lead you into whatever God is going to make you say at that moment, uh, honestly. So that was, that was good. It's true because it's, it just draws you in more and more and more when you understand the reality of what's happening. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. I, I had a salesman come in my office this, this week. And, and, you know, I usually went to new set somebody I don't, had never seen before. Well, I usually try to get to know them and met them and meet them. And, and uh, he said, I said, and so your family? He said, yeah, I got, you know, why Hispanic, Catholic, you know, and, and, and that's all he said, but he kept going. And so as we were talking, I said, so I heard that you said your wife is Catholic. I said, are you Catholic? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm a fourth degree line, and he just oh, went on all the things that he did, you know, but, but he did put that little hint. He put that little deal oh, that exactly. my Catholic, Hispanic wife. You know, and you know, she was born Catholic from the valley. You know, and it, it was it was an opportunity. But then once asked about it, you know, he opened up, mm -hmm. and and it's uh, like I said, we reached out and talked about the church for fifteen twenty minutes. That's and, great. And, and, <coughs> so there's some opportunities. You, you know, there's a couple houses I've even gone to. You can tell without even asking that they're Catholic. Mm -hmm. You can just tell by. You know, Couple of them were Hispanics. You tell them just by their culture. I mean, just Mary everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> the color and the cross and the crucifix and the Last Supper. And I mean, like you just and you walk in, you're like, you just kind of have that like, peace, yes. comfort. <clears throat> yeah, it's amazing how much it can make you feel unified because they get it 
and they understand where you're coming from and who you are and uh, yeah. All right. Okay. No pressure. <laughs> you're a group and you've done great things. But how do you handle when let's say Chris is not like maybe you two are not everywhere that Chris is at one time and or you're not where they're at. That's most of the time. <laughs> you know, like or like maybe like somebody's like upset with the other one. Like I know I'm gonna be upset with him the rest of my life. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? You came like, to that conclusion. Uh, <laughs> These guys got it tough because they're brother-in-laws. <laughs> if this breaks up tomorrow, they're stuck with each other. <laughs> they don't ever have to see me again. But <laughs> because the, the reason I'm asking is sometimes, like, I know with me and him, we're just going to have to fight it out. And there it is. a lot better. But I feel so much better at the end, but is that sure. always the, the most godly it's, way of doing things? It's always good to communicate however that may be. You know, with my boys at home, they wrestle. You know, and they're pounding each other. It is. It's just how it is. That's how they communicate. And the girls it. cry and they yell, they scream at each other, they come back together and hug, and they're all good. So for us, it's like all about communication. If something bothers us, we say it and we just come out and say it. I mean, Joe's really good at that, and Chris is an amazing communicator. And yeah, we just here it is, boom. Oh. <laughs> so I think I mentioned but the cards fly, <laughs> and then Chris is all about in, in administration, all of his jobs, like just. Always put it out there if it's bothering you. So that, they probably hear more from me. <laughs> I'm just saying, guys, this is bothering me. This is bothering me. You know, and we have to be real with each other, that's the uh, point. right? And so uh, the five dysfunctions of a, a team. The reason why we do real, bold, and Catholic. <laughs> yeah, because he's really real. He just no. says it boldly. Is that? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the person. Not that they're not Catholic. That's true. So. Um, I'll share with you because I, th I would say this is true for every family that sticks together, every church that that uh, perseveres, uh, is the five dysfunctions of a team. Great so book. The, the, yeah, great book. Patrick Lencioni, he's Catholic. He's in Denver. And, uh, and so I didn't know he was a man of faith at all, but it, it comes through his secular writing. So uh, we have trust. That's it. And trust is the foundation. So it's a pyramid. So if there's an absence of trust, then you have a fear of conflict. But if you trust each other, you know you're coming from the, the same basis, then you, can, you don't worry about fearing conflict. You just say it. So, I mean, if Deacon has issue with something, like if I'm not showing up or I'm not doing my part, he's going to tell me. And that's because we trust each other and he knows that I can take it and I, he knows what I need to hear. Uh, and the same is true here. Uh, if there's a fear of conflict, then there's a lack of commitment. We're not going to commit to sticking it out. And if there's a lack of commitment, then there's avoidance of accountability. We're not even going to say anything to each other. We're not going to hold each other accountable. And what happens when we don't hold each other accountable? If we don't hold the church accountable and each other, uh, then we have an in, a clear inattention to results. The results don't even matter anymore. So... Uh, I highly recommend that book. It is great. It's actually a, a fable, so it's not even a true story, but they use these points to go through all of it. And it's so good. As a coach, I highly recommend mm -hmm. it. Uh, so Did you it, write that down? Five the dysfunctions the of a team. I actually was about to say something. Um, we've gone through all these classes, and I think I, I need to write it down on this piece of paper, but I think I didn't think about it until now, but 
Every single speaker has mentioned a book. I think it would be great to keep a list from the start to the beginning and give it at the yeah, end of the right. Right. Yeah. Of every single book, so then you have the list to go through what everybody's going to write that down. I've got a book for every single one of you, and I'm going to give it to you next week. Uh, it's Chris Stefanik's uh, Choosing Joy. Mm-hmm. Living Joy. Living Joy. Uh, and so uh, when we went to the conference, I bought a box of them. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, it was awesome because he gave a great homily at the Easter vigil, and it was about joy. And I was like, oh, snap, I forgot the books. <laughs> and it was so perfect. It was a God moment where I was like, ah, oh, this is the perfect time to hand out the book. Like we had planned it, which we didn't. God did. And I messed up and forgot. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I am going to give them to you, though. Uh, but do write that on your paper so I remember. Because yeah, that's helpful. It might be hard to kind of keep track of it, but I, I've no. never seen it. I've tried to keep but sometimes, you know. I'm well, if we can get a list, then we, you know, instead of just on your notes every week, if we, at the end of the day we have a list. And you keep up with yeah. it? Yeah. And then, like, even sometimes, you know, if there's going to be new people that teach that year, they might bring a new book in. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. They're going to get another email tomorrow <laughs> saying that they have any books they recommended to. Uh, Go back and watch most of the videos. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Hey. And we have, just for the record, we have disagreed. And we, mm-hmm. we will disagree. And that's okay. That's how our, you know, uh, that's how our church has gotten better. That's how our country was founded on disagreement. But we could, that's what tolerance is. It's actually tolerating another person's Grinding, opinion. <laughs> molding, but shaping yeah. into something that's awesome. Yeah, I don't even remember what we disagreed about. <laughs> Yeah, right. This is great about you, Joe. It's a gift. It's a charism. Forgetfulness is a charism. Dave Ramsey always says the only ship that doesn't sail is a partnership. And uh, it's, it's, and, like it. you know, there's very basic reasons to that. Uh, and disagreement is one of them. And this is pretty much what sums it up people don't trust each other because everybody feels like they have a, a selfish, ulterior motive. And if you don't have that, what is love? Sacrifice. In a marriage, if two of you disagree, one of you has got to just give in to the other and say, I, you're right, I'm wrong, I need to fix this. Uh, it's that <laughs> sacrifice, right? That's what love sacrifice is. Sacrifice so. without love is pointless. Yeah. Love without sacrifice is meaningless. Mm-hmm. Okay, any other questions? I'm going to have to write that down. Uh, you hadn't been saying that for years? Really? That was mm. good. Watch the video. <laughs> Um, and my only, my prayer is that you keep sharing your testimonies with a hundred people, you know, as many people as you possibly can. Please tell everyone your story. I love conversion stories. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting at we had a meeting at Loewe Steakhouse uh, on Planters, and I happened to walk in, and a guy followed me in that we went on an axe retreat together. Well, actually, he was I was working it, and he was retreating years ago, and he still remembered me, and we got to talking. And I didn't know that he was a convert, and which kind of got brought up in conversation. I said, well, I just stopped. I said, how did that happen? And I wanted to hear his mm-hmm. story, and he got the ten- and he got all excited about it. Really, mm-hmm. he brightened up, and boy, he went into the story. And I just sat there and listened, and it was great. It was great. People want to hear it, mm-hmm. and, and people want to tell it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they true. do. He did. He wanted to tell it. Yeah. I just hope one day I can be as smart as y'all. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's real, sister. He's got it in the brains. I'm the comic relief. He's got it in the brains. And he also, not at all. You know, I mean, even a convert, 
you know, and, and then, then, you know, a master of theology, that helps too. Mm -hmm. But Job studied it. You know, yes, he grew up with it. He just wrote but up the books. That's the Joe's all these. Yeah. But you know, he he studied that's it. Average Joe. You know, I mean, you learn more yeah. by reading and, and Me too. being Which, challenged. Almost yeah. all the degrees I learned hardly anything. It's all through reading books and Catholic radio. He knows as much as I do. Like it's all it's all through all that. <laughs> <laughs> I just said like each presenter, every person in class, getting to know each of you guys, the deacons, getting to know y'all closer, your homilies. Like it's very inspirational. Like I hope I know I feel like I've been a better Catholic, and I'm hoping I can like go forward and. Our job is done because here's the problem that it that is probably what keeps other people from stepping up and doing it, yeah. and that's not okay. You see what I'm saying? Like if you're like no. I'm <laughs> too smart. If I say I'm too like you're too you're you're so smart, I could never do that. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, thanks. That's the care of some parts. That's, yeah, that would but be. But you have. It's good to hear. Yeah. You're a great people. Speaker, yeah. Y'all are Remember, I do things to to make myself do things. <laughs> I put myself in a corner so I have to show up and suit up and show up because I don't want to look like a schmuck. Uh, you know, and so that's why I'm so comfortable up here is because I made a schmuck out of myself so many times it doesn't matter anymore. So second, second nature. Yeah, <laughs> second nature. If I put my foot in my yeah. mouth, that's normal. Oh, yeah. I didn't. Know. Yeah, it tastes good. <laughs> and I'm a natural idiot. So and I don't mean to be ugly, but uh, you know when when I say what I say, but uh, it, it does. I do this kind of stuff, so it's like oh. I better go read that so I know mm -hmm. it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I'm a Rome boy because I'm a mess up person. I, I make mistakes all the time. I sin all the time. And I know that if I'm, you know, it, 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 there are ways to hold myself accountable and make yourself better. Um, I don't know what I'd be if I wasn't married. Like, who knows? I just, it scares me to think about. Um, or if I didn't have kids and people to take care of and to focus my energy on. Uh, and, and God called me to that uh, by His design, and so I feel protected in that. Like I've got the protection of marriage, and there ain't no change in that. And that's just who I am. And so I'm an RCIA, uh, you know, and, and helping with it. And so I'll say one last thing, kind of on your point. Where I learned most, as Deacon Allen pointed out, was yeah, reading on it, but it's because I was being challenged on it. Mm. You know, I was. Me too. My story, well, just kind of briefly, is that whenever I was getting excited about it, when it finally became important to me, I started diving into it, and then I was sharing it with Lacey. And at the time, she was still kind of a, I called it a Catholic, you know, mm -hmm. where she, used, she grew up a Baptist, but then she came, became Catholic so we could all go to the same church together. So she was a Catholic, a Baptist Catholic. So, mm -hmm. And so I would share these things that I was learning because it was important to me, and she would challenge it with something, with something else. Well, oh, yeah, didn't the Catholic Church do this? I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then I would go find out what she was talking about and then try to dig in a little deeper, and then I would bring the answer to her. She was like, hmm. You know, and some of those arguments got a little rough. But so the, through the challenge, and it was really kind of helping me, she helped me by challenging me to find those answers, and because it was important. So the first step is it's got to be important. Mm. 
and once it's important to you, then you're going to go for it. Mm. So make it important to you. I'm done. You help me be a better Catholic too, especially when I'm on night shift and you would send me lots of messages. Mm. You're probably sending like, I'm sure when you can send groups, you know, to multiple groups or whatever, but I'd be on night shift and it was when y'all were first starting Rome Boys. Oh. And I'd sit there and watch all the Rome Boys episodes when I, you know, 2 a.m. and I need something to do. Oh, cool. oh you know, keep it going. Or anything about the Catholic faith or whatever, that's what really got me right before I got, you know, married to Jason. So, like, Honestly, like you got me. Oh, wow. I don't even remember doing that. Yeah, I probably need to. That's cool. Cool. Thank you for that. You can do that for others. You just built me up there. We have another one here. You just built me up there. Thank you. This is more of a statement. We can take it. No, no, She built me up. He's going to tear us down. speech about being a leader up in the church and stuff like that, but I feel like something I need to work on because I will. I'm going to do things. I know that. I'm that kind of person. I want to serve. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I need to work on is I'm going to ask Brandon to help me, but do I, am I going to ask Tucker to help me? Because I know he's my, my go-to. But I need to be able to ask every single person, will you help me? And mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. something I need to work on. So that's yeah. what I've got from Absolutely, and you'll probably be just flooded with whatever resource you need. I don't know why it's so hard for us to ask for help. Mm -hmm. It is. I just know that I need to be able to trust trust other people. Sure. And I really trust. I just know that it's going to be, if I ask these people, I can, it's going to get done the way I know it's going to be. Right. But I also know that I need to help other people by grabbing them and getting them into the same. It was just a statement. No, it's good. Thank you. Yeah, the, the hardest thing to do, I would say, is to receive gifts. Maybe that's me. And it, no, it's not you. Mm, yeah, it's, you. It's, it's, it's hard to receive. It, it's, it, actually, it feels good to give, you know, mm-hmm. and to contribute, but... That's a reminder. I have to get yeah. some other <laughs> Every year I always say, like, this is the best group. Yeah. I say it every single year. So... Sorry, guys. Next year's going to be better. <laughs> <laughs> because y'all all agree. Yeah. Yeah. We're striving to be better, so they get better. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and y'all are great, but they're going to be better. Because everybody wants, you know, you always want to do, do more and do better. Um, and every little thing that you do, like if you, if you usher, it's amazing how much... Uh, I call it grace that you received when you do those things because uh, when you when you step out, uh, most people don't do it because you know they're not worthy. But when they do, all of a sudden, I've got a responsibility, and so we're, we step up. And so as you get further and further outside of that comfort zone, the more you realize what gift you have, and so you may not know what it is. You just have to take. That's why it's called faith. It's not here, it's here. Mm -hmm. You just got to take the leap.